0: get the audio
1: anyways. okay neato
0: welcome to no instructions i'm bob
1: now i'm josh
0: and this is weird yeah you're way over there yeah you're way over there too we are uh for anybody that's listening and not watching it doesn't look any different i would imagine <laughs> um doesn't but sound we any are different. not in the same place for the for the first time, we're like in our own homes doing this podcast over the internet, which is kind of ironic because we both do shows, other shows, over the internet,
1: mm-hmm. but we've never done this one that way. So no, but it's strange, kind of weird. You like I can see my desk back there, and I'm not at it. I'm <laughs> doing work from my desk here in the secret office. Yeah, not in the overt office there at your house. Yeah we call
0: it the obvious office. Yeah. It's not <laughs> the obvious, super obvious. Obvious office. Yeah, so it's it's weird. I mean, it's strange being down here with I've gotten so used to you guys being uh around here that I don't equate like this room of my house as yeah, you know, it's like a communal room, right? It's like a room that where other people are always a part of it. Mm-hmm. So it's been strange being down here for the last few days with nobody around.
1: And it's kind Maybe. of strange for me that the secret office that we made in the video Like my wife uses this office way more than I do. She's down here every morning teaching class online to people. Uh, So this is like her space. And I think I'm, I'm invading her space now that I've been down here more and more the last couple of days. (laughs) She getting grumpy every time you walk in the door. No, whenever I come down in the morning, like she's been really good about kind of straightening up, but she has a lot of props and a lot of like visual aids. And so there's just like stuff all over this desk of like, there's a, a sign with a whole bunch of pieces of pizza on it with numbers on their faces and there's uh what else we have there's maps of the bunch of different the continents there's a bunch of letters and a bunch of marker boards, a basketball I don't know, just like silly stuff all over the place and so she yeah. very kindly kind of moves it to where before she would get done teaching class and she would go upstairs to hang out with everybody and just kind of the aftermath would just be left everywhere so she's been She's been a very, very nice and accommodating desk mate these last couple of days. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Um,
0: I guess – so,
1: I mean, obviously this is
0: different for you being home because you're not used to being home, you know, throughout the week. But mm-hmm. is it – and it's not different for your kids from their school perspective. But, like,
1: what's different right now at your house Uh People are usual? antsy. Like – It'd be one thing if the weather was nicer, like getting outside kind of, uh, and I think we've talked about this before, like even for homeschool kids, my kids get out and they socialize quite a bit, but they do it not at school. They do it in little other social groups that my wife goes to. She and my son are both taking piano lessons. So like on Tuesdays, they have piano practice. On Wednesdays, um, in the evening, they get out and they have like a a big church group they go to. On Thursdays, my daughter, my youngest daughter goes to a mother's warning out kind of thing. And then my, my boys and my wife go to the coffee shop. And so throughout their week, like there's a lot of structure, but there's also a lot of like escape time. So not everybody's cooped up. And besides the social distancing, where a lot of the communal activities are canceled, they would normally just supplement that by like getting outside and going for a hike or going to one of those state parks or going outside and just doing things. And today has been the first day in about the last two weeks where like the sun is out and it's nice outside. So they, uh, I may hear stomping upstairs, but I think they're all getting out of here to, to finally, they finish up their school lessons. They're going to go on a very socially conscious and, and health cognizant expedition today. And I don't know where it is. That's cool. We've been, <laughs>
0: we've been forcing our kids outside. Like, I know it's raining, big deal. <laughs> like go outside. <laughs> and I mean, you know, they don't want to cause they're, they're working on their school stuff all day long they get to like three o'clock or later if they're being lazy. And then they're just like, now I just want to relax. I want to like not do anything. I'm like, yeah, I know, but you gotta be outside like for a little while at least. So Luckily, we can send them out to the trampoline, and that gives them a lot of exercise in a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. They play this game called Gaga Ball. If nobody's yep. familiar with Gaga Ball, it will keep your kids entertained for a very long time. And it's on the trampoline, and uh, you just try to hit each other in the legs with a ball, but you can only hit it with your hands, not with – you can't kick it. And it's a lot of work for them, and it keeps them you know, pretty entertained for a while. So we've been doing a lot of just like, okay – Go out and do that for 15 minutes. You know, at least there's something.
1: Our kids have been riding bikes and we play football in the front yard. We've been throwing football around. My middle son has been trying to learn how to jump rope. He's five. So that's pretty hilarious. How's that working out? It's it's uncoordinated little white kid jumping. It's really funny. <laughs> <laughs> he's terrible at it and he gets really mad. And we're like, you're so close. You're like right there. And then he's not, but... I mean, There's a to game. be fair,
0: I'm pretty bad at it too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, when I did CrossFit for the little while, like we did some jump rope, and I'm like, "Okay, sixth grade, <laughs> it's time. Now is the time <laughs> to jump rope." Yep. There's little things outside that, like when you're bored and you have nothing else to do, like my mind went back to that. Like we had some soccer balls, and I like tossed a soccer ball up onto the roof. And like if you toss it up on an angle and it like rolls down the roof and like bounces off the gutter and like who's gonna catch it first? Do you ever play that game?
0: Oh no, that's fun though.
1: Oh yeah, it's when you're all by yourself. It's you're playing catch, <laughs> all by yourself. Huh. That's pretty With good. With gravity, <laughs> your best friend. <laughs> and my daughter thought that that was super fun. But yeah, they've been going on little bike rides and like we went for a couple walks and you see more people, kind of like outside. Yeah. Um, I had to leave today. I had to run by your house and like get the hard drive that you set outside the door. And then I had to go <laughs> to the grocery store, which was a little a little better. You had mentioned to me before that like the one grocery store was kind of stocked with the things that didn't make it feel like an apocalypse. Yeah. Less of those items were there, but there were more mm. of them at the nicer grocery store than there were at the dumpy one. So mm. it was a little kind of upswing in my attitude because they had some ground beef. Still no toilet paper, but they had some staples that were there. Oh yeah. Like <laughs> just made it feel like uh like the day after people got paid rather than two weeks into a worldwide pandemic. But there was one thing I did see, uh oh sorry, that I thought was funny. I drove by a church and I don't know if you've seen like Uh, there's pictures on Facebook or whatever of like my dad called out his drinking buddies and they're just all like standing in the street, like in a wide circle. Have you seen those? Oh yeah. 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 Well that happened. I I drove by our church and there were six ladies standing in the parking lot at like big, huge arm swing distance away from each other. All having a conversation. (laughs) It was kind of nice. That's cool. In a weird way. It was kind of nice.
0: Isn't it strange how like that, even being away from each other, but intentionally being closer than you, you know, you could be by yourself, but being a little bit closer, being in a normally awkward distance, is better than nothing at mm-hmm. this point. I think that's that's kind of awesome. Well, I was talking to my parents yesterday, uh, just called to check on them and stuff, and uh, we haven't seen them in I don't know about a week and a half or so, and. You know, they live like a mile and a quarter from our house. We see them all the time. And um, my mom was saying yesterday she just wanted to drive over today and talk to the kids through the car window. Just like stay in the car, just pull up and see them, say hi, you know, which is totally weird. But at the same time, it's kind of cool. Like it's, it's neat to realize that you that for me, I'm so close physically to them that I take for granted the fact that I get to see them all the time. And then just like a week and a half's worth of not being able to see them makes it like, well, at least we can talk to each other through glass. Like, that's better than nothing. Like, that that's kind of cool, you know? It's not yeah. like, well, I haven't talked to them in a couple of months. Like, whatever. It's like, oh, it's been a week and a half, and we'll take whatever we can get, you know? Yeah. And I think that's happening a lot with a lot of different people. I know I've gotten several texts from – um, people, and I've texted several people that I don't normally keep in touch with as well as I should, but it's just like, everybody's got the time. Everybody's thinking about the people that they know and that they care about. And like all those little connections, like, well, you know, I mean, I I haven't talked to this person in months, but at least I'll text them to see what's up. And that feels really good to do. And to, you know, for somebody to reach out to you, it's just funny how that stuff is way more important right now than it was a month ago. You know, those little connections.
1: And we've talked about the importance of kind of reach out to people that you want to maintain those relationships with. That's something that, you know, on this show we've mentioned early on. And the other day, uh, I went to – let me see. How do I do this? I went to go get the motorcycle the other day. I was by Mm. myself. I kept a wide berth. I (laughs) sanitized my hands when I got gas. I realized it was a risk. Uh, I talked it over with the guy who I was getting the motorcycle with, and it was a really good time. Everything was fine. Um, but while I was down there, I had a lot of windshield time, and so I started calling people that I hadn't talked to in a while, just to see how they're doing, see how their their jobs are affected, see if they're anxious or worried about things, see how their kids are doing. And it's it's good. It's something that, uh, like we've talked about, like you should do, whether or not there's a global pandemic, you should. Reach out to those people. And if this is that catalyst to getting on like a Skype conversation or FaceTiming somebody or getting a Google duo, if you're a a mixed technology household, like it, it really does pay off. Um, My dad being the person that he is, every time I call him, I just want to talk to him. He goes, are you sick? Is everything okay? (laughs) Instead of saying hello, (laughs) like regular people say, hello, how are you? What's wrong? Yeah. That's the way he starts a conversation. And so I go, yeah, I am. <laughs> what? I'm like, I'm not coming <laughs> out. So it's it's oh. a little, it, it's absolutely different. And my wife being the pillar of strength that she is, I realized that this was stressing her out. Like, she is hmm. a very social person. She wants to get out. She doesn't like being stuck in the same place. Uh, she's got that, like, that traveler's kind of wanderer's mentality. And I was... Very, very happy that the world started shutting down after she got back from her girl's trip. Which would have made this corny. If she would have missed that, it would have made this whole social distancing thing completely unbearable for her. Like, she's getting really antsy. She's getting kind of anxious. And uh, she does this thing, uh, for people that can see uh, in, in the, the the video, she does this thing where she gets she starts to get kind of anxious. And she starts to get like, I'm going to talk about my woes. And then she's like... <gasps> Does a little like inhale, like a short like mouth inhale. Nope, it's okay. And she goes and and walks off. And it's like she tried to like pull her words back in her mouth and just like lock them up. I go, don't do that. Yeah, I love you. Like I'm the person in the world you can vent to. Because I think deep down a lot of people just want to vent. I think the taking care of everybody, doing their part looking out for the masses, I think is incredibly altruistic. But if you're nervous, if you're scared, like you have to find a place to be able to tell that to people. And I don't know if you saw Wheezy Waiter's recent video, but Craig did about a five and a half minute video where he just sat there and like looked at the screen and kind of nodded along to allow you to vent at your computer or at your screen. Huh. And I went, well, this is kind of silly and then I started watching it and he just like was making this reassured looking face just like mm-hmm. he was sitting there drinking a cup of coffee and then I started talking to the screen <laughs> and I was like Craig this is crazy like he's listening to me and he just like made his little naughty face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you can go and watch it right now on Wheezy Waiters channel and at a certain point it was like Okay, this is actually really stupidly helpful right now. Because I was just speaking my kind of my little bit of woes or nervousness like into the ether with the appearance of somebody like reassuring me that it was okay. And I can just as easily go around and do that to my wife. And I have, and I've tried to communicate to her like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to gulp your woes and lock it up inside. Right. Yeah you have to speak to somebody. If this is making you nervous, if it's making you scared. If you're uncertain, like keeping that all locked up and not saying your piece is not a healthy thing to do right now because we don't know when that big sigh of relief is coming
0: right now of all times uh, is the only time that everybody has the same feeling. Right. And we talked about this, I think before that like every single person in the world has that same anxious nervous, to different degrees, that thing internal that's just like I don't I don't know I, I'm I'm worried I'm, but it's like we don't have to look for people that identify with that. Every person yep. identifies with that right now. So of all the times I'm, I'm agreeing with you of all the times to talk to the person who's closest to you, physically, emotionally, whatever, whoever you can find, like they're gonna understand and that's really reassuring. I think when, when you're scared, a lot of times it's because you feel like you're alone. Yeah. And this is a time where you're not. None of us are. We're all feeling the same worry and the same, you know, obviously to different degrees about different things, but yeah, I agree. Finding somebody uh just to say it out loud. And I know that um prayer is not necessarily a thing that everybody is into or that they understand or they appreciate or that they believe in. But when this all first started, I had a couple of evenings where I was like We'd get the kids in bed, and I would sit down and pull out my phone and look at the news, and then this just like wave of dread yeah. would hit me. And I'm not—I'm not a negative person. I don't worry about things more than I think I should, or anything. You know, it's, I, I'm not typically worried about stuff. But man, a couple of nights I just got overwhelmed with like, this is going to get bad. I'm—I I'm, don't know what's going on. And honestly, for me, being able to. Pray out loud and say those exactly what you're saying saying the stuff that is on my mind that I just needed to get out in the form of prayer out loud on my back porch made a huge difference to me. Now, I believe that's going somewhere, not everybody does, but even if you don't believe it's going anywhere, just to physically say it out loud makes a huge difference. I guess, even if it's to yourself, (laughs) which is, I think, talking like you're saying, I think talking to someone, uh, you feel a different kind of conversational kind of closeness to somebody. But even if you're by yourself for whatever reason, say it out loud. (laughs) I think that helps.
1: I agree. And and I think to those people that, that may not find solace in prayer, I did something today. It was one of those, like I have a gut feeling. I kind of want to do this. Uh, I don't know what day it is and I can eat Oreos for dinner all I want. So I'm just going to do it anyway because nothing really matters (laughs) right now. Um, I got back from the store and the sun was out and I just like stood in my driveway and just kind of looked up at the sun and just like soaked in the sun and how nice it was. And I was just like standing in my driveway. Mm. My, my street is not a super busy street. Uh, Like I said, it's two rows of parallel houses kind of facing each other. And I was looking around and I didn't see anybody where normally you would kind of see people or there would be just like an abundance of cars. I'm like, I just feel like, yelling really loud right now (laughs) as i stood out in my driveway being all warmed in the sun and just like ah (laughs) and looked around (laughs) and like nobody saw me and nobody cared Uh, that was kind of fun (laughs) i was like i should get the kids out here and just like look up at the sky and just scream real loud because it kind of felt nice like yeah uh, when you're, when you're stuck inside getting that cabin fever. Uh, and I have learned many times over that I have this neurotic desire to like not have clutter and to like straighten up. And when you're around three kids that don't really have much to do, that's completely consuming. With this neurotic like, just clean it back for yourself. Pick that thing up. Where does that thing go? I made a thing for this thing to live. Please put it there. And it just builds up this frustration that in hindsight, isn't that big a deal. And that's something right. that during this time, like I have had to just, that those are the words I gulp and put back down. It's not the anxiety that I need to express. It's the things that don't matter that I don't necessarily need to harp on because I've learned that it just kind of brings everybody down. They're coping. Yep. They're doing okay. They're managing. They're having a decent time. I should revel in that decent time in the peace and happiness that they are sharing right now. I need to focus on that and not focusing on like those dishes are piling up in the sink. I don't like it. They don't need to be there. Please stop having fun and come do work so that it can just alleviate this little bit of stress that I have. Whereas if I just walk away from that thing, it will get done. It will get done in a time that is advantageous for everyone. I should not expect the rest of my household to, at a moment's notice, stop and satiate my neurotic, crazy desire because that's selfish. And so in a time, not that I like had to go outside and blow off steam or I was going to lose it. It just kind of felt good to go outside, stand in the sun and scream real loud real quick. <laughs> and not in any desperation. It was just fun. It was just something that you don't normally do. Because, yeah. man, anything goes right now. I have no idea what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I think I took I took a shower today. I cleaned up my beard, which I haven't done in like a week That's and a, good a half. Thing. I went to the grocery store and you had mentioned Oreos. I bought all kinds of Oreos. It's <laughs> <laughs> good. Calories don't matter right now. <laughs> they I'm, will. They're going to matter in a few weeks. I'm doing 100 <laughs> push-ups yeah, a day. I can you. eat whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, <laughs> but I have
0: that. Now, that that's too. a really good point. That's a really good point. What you said about you know not um, letting or not not putting the stuff that stresses you out on them to stress them out. And it's funny because I think we've talked about this before, but that thing that you just said is absolutely applicable all the time it feels a little more obvious right now and a little more like, well, of all the things that you could worry about, that's one that, you know, dishes or whatever clutter are like the least important, but really that same thing of, um, letting your own, uh, preferences for stuff like that. And I'm speaking to myself. I'm not saying you as in, I'm just all of us. Cause I'm the exact same way. Letting your own preferences dictate how you let other people enjoy their day. Mm because that, that's a lot of what that is. It's like, well, I prefer cleanliness and I prefer order and I prefer, prefer, you know, people having priorities about their time. Like, cause I do like, I want my kids to learn priorities. That's not important to them right now. And for me to ruin their day to enforce my love of priorities on them, like what a dumb thing to do. You're totally right. But it's funny how we we're making that like a a thing to consider right now. And that's really something you should consider all the time. Now on the flip side of that, we've found that it's been really good for us to have, um, not like a super strict schedule to the day, but to have some normalcy built into, you know, they get up and they do school at the same time. Obviously they're getting up later than they normally do, which makes me get up later, which means I don't run. (laughs) So that's not good. But like having, you know, school in the morning, take a break for lunch, then we finish up school, then we do chores, just like we would normally do in a day. And even though the times that those things take are really out of whack, they like scale, you know, well into the afternoon when Mm -hmm. they shouldn't, it's still been really good for them to know that these are the things that they're responsible for at these times of the day, these parts of the day. And once those are done, then like we're free. If you get them all done, then we can maybe watch a movie, which is not something we do on weeknights. Yeah. It's like, that's a like weekend thing. And so I think we kind of, the first week of this, we kind of swung to the just like, well, I don't know, do it whenever you want to do it, <laughs> as long as it gets done. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that kind of worked for some of them. But then I think it makes a little bit more sense for us to, you know, try to schedule it a little bit more. Or not, it's not even scheduling, it's more of just like, structuring order in the day. Yeah, it's a little bit of structure uh, just to make sure it all gets done. And that's that's been better for us. And I have to say, you were bragging on Tiffany. I got to brag on Jenny, too, because we, ever since we had kids, she has always gone back and forth about homeschooling. She's like, I would love to do homeschool. I don't think I have the personality type for it. And then once our kids got old enough for that, she felt a lot of clash with certain kids around... Instruction, Like, you know, certain ones will really fight back to her about instruction where they don't to me and vice versa. And so she just, like, never had the confidence to really try doing homeschool with any of them because she just didn't think it was a fit for her personality. Now, granted, the school stuff right now, you know, they're getting assignments from teachers who are building out their curriculum, who are laying out a really clear, impressive list of what all they have to do. But, like, she is on it. And she's handling four kids, four different grade levels with no ex- prior experience to this at all. And she's doing so awesome. And that's I'm all, like good. the lazy punk that just goes downstairs and gets to be by myself in my shop and <clears throat> record videos and whatever. And I feel a little bit guilty about that, but man, she has stepped up and is just killing it and cooking more meals than she ever cooked before because we can't go anywhere. Wow.
1: For Jenny, that's and So quite we're having. like,
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's like we've had pizza one time in the last couple of weeks, and that's <laughs> everything else has been cooked. And they're not like, make yourself a sandwich for lunch. It's like, okay, we're having breakfast for lunch, and I'm going to cook these five things. And then for dinner, we're going to do a different new meal every night. And, man, she's just she's incredible. It's, it's wild. Yeah, I, I do feel really lazy.
1: <laughs> I don't know what people's preconceived notions of homeschooling are. Um, I know mine were very different. Whenever we first started, but it's your school system has certain things that they have to teach, and it's the the teachers are given a lot of leeway as to, as to how to hit that point, point. and so there's certain curriculums that the school system can buy in. Uh, the execution of those things may be different from teacher to teacher, and that's exactly the way it is for our homeschool. Uh, we we get to choose a curriculum. It's a free market, so you can choose ones that are more suitable for your child's needs some that do um excuse me some that reiterate a lot more if they need constant repetition some that move ahead a little faster some that are more computer based than paper based and we've changed curriculums a couple of times i'll, I'll say we i have had the least involvement with that my amazing wife has <laughs> uh, has seen the reactions of our kids to certain curriculums spoken to people that also do what we're doing. They're like, oh, you should try this one. It's you know more fit for that kid's personality. Uh, and a lot of them don't actually do the work on the worksheets. They'll save like they'll save chunks of it or they'll make copies so that they can keep that curriculum and use it for the next kid. And so we've actually borrowed oh. some from other people to test it out and go, yeah, he responds better to this one. So then we'll buy into that curriculum set for different grades, for different subjects. And so it's, it's like a, a supermarket for education where you're learning the same thing you still need your proteins your carbohydrates your fats all those things but you can pick which one is best for that kid. And so that curriculum a lot of them are very structured but again it's up to the teacher and in this case the parent on how to best execute those things. You know, we can we can look in a book and talk about Picasso or Rembrandt for example. We can talk about Rembrandt. They did a study on it and their their co-op There's an art museum in Louisville that actually has a Rembrandt. So they talked to him and they went to the art museum and they go, these are the things we've been studying lately. So they pulled out their collection of Rembrandts and someone else's that they were doing. A Degas, I believe. And they had a class staring at an actual Rembrandt painting. Learning from the, the curator at this art museum for a group of 12 to 15 kids. And so the things that we as homeschool parents, like everybody in the country right now is a homeschool parent. It's frustrating because your kids are resistant to your instruction. So are ours. They want their freedom. They want their toys. They want all the stuff that's right there with them. But that structure is so super important that to know it's time to learn, know it's time to play, know it's time to be responsible. And then the rub, I think, in homeschooling is where you can start to create little branches in between all of those separate things to where... The kids don't realize that it's they're being taught like PE mixed Hmm. in with a a walk at the park, identifying leaves or identifying animal habitats or climate or different uh, soil, like parts of soil versus different rocks. Like that's the rub. And that's where like my wife is an amazing person. And when I start to do school, I go like, oh, we're going to go for a walk. And it's less about the recreation. I'm like, let me teach you everything I know about sedimentary rock. It's going to be magical. (laughs) And they are like, dad, God, we just want to go for a walk. I'm like, do you realize how many calories your feet are burning right now? And then I look, look, photosynthesis, children. Force equals magnitude or mass times acceleration. They're like, we just want to play football. So (laughs) knowing the difference in how to maintain that balance between structured education playtime and then those little moments where you can kind of steal a little bit of play in the name of education that they don't realize, like that's the magic. Mm-hmm. And the longer that you do it and the more you're focused on your particular kids, you kind of learn how to sneak that in. And I, I'm really happy that ever that the school systems right now are responding the way that they are. Uh, I've seen a lot of them that are going to be canceled like the rest of the school year. I've seen some people in Virginia and some people in North Carolina that are just, they're calling it. They're calling it right now. And I don't know if it's just going to be like a forgiveness period because of the like mandatory 180, whatever school days. It was just kind of typical. I don't know if they're going to, you know, extenuating circumstances like congratulations. You all just leveled up (laughs) while you were at home. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know if all this is being graded. And if it is being graded is it being counted the same way as in-person education? I, I know for us it is um, it all it's being graded
0: and um, there's a certain to meet state guidelines there's a certain amount of interaction that the uh, teachers and students have to have and <clears throat> you know I'm not sure how that's policed or like if it is i don't I don't really know that end of it. Currently, our school system is doing everything they can to make it as foolproof and valid and complete as possible, which is another amazing thing. Like how quickly everybody who did not expect to teach and to handle students this way are adjusting to this. It's, it's incredible to me. And, it's really, and I think I said this before. It really does show how much um, educators care about kids. Yeah, because they don't have to do this, right? They could, they could be like, "Well, I don't know, we're not set up for this. Sorry, kids," and just like take the rest of the year off. But they're not like our school system is working overtime. I saw yesterday that they set up uh, our school specifically set up a bunch of um, external Wi-Fi hotspots and opened them up hmm. so that in case somebody doesn't have internet access at home they can come stay in their car in the parking lot of the school and have free internet hmm. like they don't have to do that but how cool is that yeah it's just like one of those little extra things that they they took the initiative to do they they've got where you can come in and check out chromebooks if you don't have a computer at home and you can just sign one out take it home and do your work for the rest of however long this is and i don't know i'm really impressed with the way that specifically educators are adjusting, but I mean, you know, everybody in every industry is having to adjust to this, but I really do think they are going like above and beyond to, to keep kids afloat, you know, and keep them caught up to where they need to be so that this disruption doesn't end up being like a lifelong misstep for an entire generation of kids, because that's what it could be. If all the educators gave up right now and said, we'll pick it up in the fall like that's a misstep for an entire generation of kids at, at you know uh, kindergarten to twelfth grade. Like that's a lot of people. <laughs> so the fact that they're stepping up and, and doing their best there it it means a lot to us and it's really impressive. It's very cool. Um, I saw also that like um, in case anybody listening needs internet um, that doesn't have it right now. Uh, Comcast opened up all of their Wi-Fi hotspots, so they're available to everybody, and they're all over the place. I mean, they're they're in a lot of different places. My dad and I were talking yesterday about how cool stuff like that is, and how he noticed in some of his internet usage over the past couple of weeks how the speeds have gone up, and he thinks that, I don't know if this is proven or not, but he thinks a lot of those companies are opening up their data caps and their bandwidth like fully, because it's so in demand right now. But we got in this big conversation about how interesting it is that all these technology things are having to adjust so quickly as like a temporary measure. But it may turn out that uh, these temporary measures are not as detrimental. Like all the ISPs are like, well, we can't afford the bandwidth for everybody to have unlimited everything all the time. It's too expensive. But they're doing it now. And so maybe at the end of all this, they'll see – Actually, it didn't cost us anything more or it wasn't that much of a big deal for us to be a little more open and a little more, you know, giving around free Internet or technology being more accessible or something. So I'm hoping that all of this immediate kind of emergency stuff turns out to be like a a little more open spectrum of things after this is all over. Like maybe we can all share stuff a little bit more. Maybe we can not be so stingy about our Internet or about our connectivity or you know like it could have some really good implications on technology stuff going forward it's not an emergency state i don't know i
1: hope yeah who knows and i think if they're not so kind of generous like like you're mentioning i think maybe the free market would have something to do with that too like a t-mobile or somebody is like we're gonna you can keep all of your internet speeds or you can keep all of your this like you had during the the virus time which then forces Verizon or forces Comcast, forces someone else to kind of keep their levels up to try to match that. But I don't know. I, I think about the, you know, whenever this eventually calms down. Uh, I saw the report yesterday that the Surgeon General and the CDC say that the United States hasn't even hit the peak yet. Um, we talked about the, the two confirmed cases in our town that are kids. Like, that kind of shocked me. You know, this has been. Uh, you know, we we do this for the good of the the older community or the amino uh, or the I'm sorry the the like the uh, compromised people. And I'm like, well, there's not anybody in my county. Like, our force field's still pretty pretty big. And then not only did that force field get shattered, it got shattered by children. And I just learned today that somebody that we know, uh, a good friend of ours, probably has it. And uh, got told to stay home because they don't have tests. He worked for Amazon. And there were some people that were confirmed at that Amazon distribution center. He is showing all of the symptoms. And they, the, the hospital where he went said that uh, they don't have enough test cases or test kits. And they're not testing people unless they are needing to be hospitalized. And so he's flat out miserable right now. He may not die he may not need a respirator but he's flat out miserable and no telling like in in the numbers game he's not being counted when I mean, he should be counted he's being he's been told to go home he is not a confirmed case therefore the the CDC's guidance and the state's guidance of like them being able to control people or quarantine or sequester people like legally doesn't apply to him Because he's not a confirmed case, but he's he's pretty much like, dude's got this thing. And so he's taking it upon himself responsibly to stay home. But a lot of people, like I know my wife mentioned this too. She was like, this sucks. I just want this to be over. And my son, my oldest son, I've tried to explain to him what's going on. Um, Because the majority of their day as homeschool kids, like really hasn't been disrupted that much. Their extracurricular stuff, the stuff that they do that's really fun, going coffee shop stuff I mentioned earlier. They haven't done that. And they wonder why. And then he watches video game walkthroughs. And so he's he's heard of the coronavirus. He may not fully understand. So I sat him down the other day and we had a conversation about it. He started getting very anxious. He started getting kind of worried. And he doesn't want to like, he doesn't want to talk about it. He doesn't want to hear it. I'm like, well, buddy, not that I'm like you know, the zombies are banging down the door, but this is something you need to be aware of. As a as a citizen of this planet, you need to know what's going on right now. And to I, I mentioned to him about, you know, we that's why we wash our hands. I harp on you guys to wash your hands. It's not just because I'm a mean person, it's for a reason. And this is why you need to be doing this. We watched Mark Rober's video about washing hands and opened their eyes a little bit. And but uh to see like the confirmed and then the non-confirmed cases going on, like I can't tell him. I can't tell him when it's going to be done. And I think that's the big anxious part and the piece that is really getting to people. And I think the the endurance people have to be the the collective we, I really hope has legs to see this through. Because listening to some of the press conferences, like there are government officials that are giving this an arbitrary end date just because they want it to be over. Or you're seeing people on certain news outlets going like, well, this shouldn't last this long. Is this more important? Is me being sick more important than the health of the economy? It's really ridiculous. And so to communicate this to a kid who wants to feel who feels the way that a lot of these politicians are feeling just out of frustration, I'm like, this is one of those moments that we all have to suck it up and there will not be a triumphant victory like the statue of coronavirus is not going to fall in the city square the the banner and flag of the healthy is not going to be stacked on top of the chancellor rebuilding and the coronavirus one gets burned like that's not how this works and i really hope that whenever this finally does die down and and the the peak is gone and we're starting to level out that we can all collectively be proud of ourselves. And I don't think that's going to happen, but I really hope it does. Like, I don't know. I really want everybody to be able to look at each other proudly and go like, yeah, this sucked. We were scared. We were uncertain. Stuff was super weird. We didn't know what to do. But like we, the biggest capital letter, we got through this all together. Like should be something that binds us and unifies us for a while. And I really hope that it does so that I can look to my son or I can look to my wife in these moments right now or, and just like give that nod and go like, this is over. And this is over because we were resilient we were patient. We had the endurance to see this nameless, faceless, like this intangible thing through. And I really hope that people are not getting so weary that they're just like out of laziness or uncertainty, just kind of giving up on it. Yeah, I agree. Because that, that is
0: the the stamina is going to be harder and harder to maintain as we go forward but I think and especially for people who are going to feel the pressure of it more than than I am I'm not feeling the pressure of this financially I'm not feeling the pressure personally because I don't know anyone personally that is I'm watching be sick Um, and I know there's a lot of people who are like lots and lots of people who are in both of those situations at the same time and I'm in neither of them And I know that their stamina is going to run out a lot faster than mine will about being, you know, separate or being, uh, things just being different. And so I hope that those of us who are not as directly affected can figure out ways to pour into those who are being affected more to help them keep their stamina up, right. To help them financially, to help them emotionally, so that they don't give up, so that they don't run out of steam. Um, Because I agree, Like we have a chance to come out of this as one big, bigger global community than we went into it, or we can come out of it in a worse shape than we went into it by trying to get back to normal so quickly and so so, uh, selfishly that it ends up not being good for anybody because, you know, everybody wants to get back to work. Everybody wants to figure out how, what's next. And like, how do we, how do we get things back or how do we handle all of the negative stuff that is going to come out of it? You know, like how do I pay my mortgage when I didn't make money last month? And how do I do this if I didn't do this? And how do I do this? And everybody's going to have those individual questions. Um, yeah. I don't know how we stop each other from like letting that stuff tear us back apart but I re- I'm with you. I really hope that we can figure out a way to, to stay like united front on this whole thing. Because I, I was thinking about this like a couple days ago. You know, our, our school system has said they're out of school until April 20th. That was the last date that I heard. I think it will be through the end of the year. I think it should be through the end of the year. Um, I want them to still do school. I just don't want them to go to school because I think it makes so much more sense to just give it as long as possible to keep people as as possible as long as we can handle it. Um, there's just there's more benefit there than getting things back to normal in my mind. But that got me thinking about like even once like if I don't know super person who knows a lot of stuff legitimately comes on the internet and says. You know what? We killed it. It's gone. Like, we're good. Nobody else is going to get infected. It's done right this second. Everything can go back to normal. I still would have this feeling of, no, let's give it another three weeks. Let's give it another, like, I'm good. You you guys, Josh, you stay home. Just, just let's give it some more time. Like, I'm in a hurry to get back to normal from normalcy, but not at the expense of anything. Yeah. Like, I'm personally going to be overly cautious about this for a while and I hope that even if stuff does start to go back to normal as far as like things being open and people going back to work I hope that everybody at least is aware that stuff can't go back to how it was handshakes should never happen again handshakes should be done you know what I mean and that's such a stupid thing to say but Mm -hmm. like there's no reason for certain things to just go back like we can be a lot more aware of how we interact with the people around us and a lot more just conscious of it not not, i don't mean that from like a selfish perspective like we need to be germaphobes but like be aware of the impact you have on people as you physically interact with them and like i know i'm going to be a lot more cautious about all that stuff going forward because i just don't want to ever be in the position to where i get somebody something (laughs) you Hmm. know what i mean yeah like what a scary thing like i don't I think I said this before, but, like, I'm not really that worried about me being sick. I think I'll probably get sick. I think most of us will probably get sick at some point, but most of us will probably be okay. I don't want to have anything to do with being the cause of somebody else getting sick and not being okay.
1: I just saw on the Echo that Prince Charles just confirmed uh, positive for coronavirus. Mm. He's old. Yep. Yeah. Whoa.
0: Whoa it it will Man. be sad and interesting to see if a lot of the the older people who are famous throughout the world who are just known figures if this takes people out i don't i mean i, I think it's sad there it would be sad for anybody known or unknown but it's going to be weird in a few months to see like if we lose a bunch of notable people you know through this thing
1: yeah I, weird I wonder if people's endurance is tied to like a weekly schedule, like their work week or the school week. Like people at work, they're, they're always working towards the weekend, right? And weekend is over. You can take a breath and you're like, oh man, Monday's coming around. I got to do it again. And I wonder if that, that need to get back to normalcy in their mind is arbitrarily set to that like five day kind of rotating period. If they're like, well, two weeks we'll go back or like a month we'll go back. Like these arbitrary numbers that we as just modern civilization have come up to categorize time periods. And I think it's, I think it's funny. And I think it's kind of strange that like we as content creators online and working in your basement, like if it weren't for our release schedule, like I wouldn't really know what day it was anyway. (laughs) And now it's (laughs) even worse. Like I have no (laughs) clue what day it is, but yeah. I know it's not over with and I know that we're not even at the the eye of the storm yet. And I am personally was kind of bracing myself for when it gets bad, bad before it starts to go down. And in hearing that like the friend of mine, like wasn't able to get tested and I'm like, well, that's not even being counted as the bad. If like, if people are waiting for the peak in the graph that graph relies on accurate data. So even at the peak in the graph, like it's already the peak plus. And I don't know what the peak plus is going to look like. Uh, I, I think if everybody nowadays like sneezes or starts to cough, they like automatically pull back and like get really nervous and scared. And i talk talking about being germaphobes. Uh, I think it should give people pause. Like if you are sick, stay home. Like, and I know that that's, that's not with anything forever, not (laughs) easy. That comes from a place of privilege to be able to say that people don't have sick days or employers that are monitoring that so stringently that people have to go to work because they're sick. Like that is a stupid policy, absolutely stupid policy. And I think if anything, this may create like a, a workers rights kind of shift and I really hope it does, because if I was still working at Lockheed right now, I would probably still be at work. Because somebody could justify the importance of my position, the uniqueness of what I did, the confines in which I did it. That they would go, nope, you still have to come to work and do a thing. And So I couldn't take care of my family. I would have been putting other people at risk trying to get me to be there. How to do a job responsibly not just because it was the way that people are used to doing it and I think that that to me is the ultimate shift is that people that have done their job a certain way that now have are able to actually show with real data yes we can do the same output in a different condition why can't these conditions be available forever it works we've seen that it works or it is not working. Like you have to adjust your business model. And I think corporate America, uh, I'll speak for defense contracting in particular because they work with such huge funds from the government that they have to be able to show results. And so those metrics look different for different people. Like we are justifying the price of all these people. Look at all of them at their desks. They are feverishly working. You can see people at their desk equals output equals profit, right? That's not necessarily true. And people have been saying this for a long time. And I think with this kind of reaction, if people are able to work from home, allow people to work from home. Don't just lip service work-life balance, like actually live it out. And I think the companies that whenever this does die down are going to go back to that status quo and they're going to receive a bunch of pushback from their, their more adaptable employees. And I see maybe a bigger... I don't know about labor union type thing, but like employee empowerment after all of this, proving to people that their time is valuable. I can still have my, my output for work or for the corporation, which hurry for the stock market. But at the same time, I can do it in ways that does not negatively impact my health or my family or society or everybody else at the company. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And it's a shame that it would take something like this to even open up that conversation for a lot of managers or for a lot of, uh, I say, commanders for like the military. Because the military is one of the slowest ones to actually adapt to this because they just don't, they cannot comprehend a world where their soldiers exist when they're not standing in a rectangular formation in front of them. So it's, I, I'm looking forward to that shakeup if it actually does happen.
0: Yeah. I hope it will will happen, yeah. I mean, it's you said it's a shame that it's taken something like this. It's a shame that it's taken something like this for a lot of these things for people to be aware of the elderly, <laughs> to people to hmm. be considerate of people who serve food. I mean, it's a shame that none of this stuff that we are now faced with has has not really been a consideration. And I think it's happened slowly over time and stuff. I don't, I don't mean to blame anybody. I think it's just the way that society goes. But there's a bunch of things that hopefully will come out of this with us looking at them very differently, I hope. Um, so as to not bring the entire thing down, because everybody's in uh, you know, the same boat here, what's some stuff? Do you, Have you done anything or have you as a family found anything through all of this? That's fun, that's different, something you wouldn't normally do, you haven't done before, that you're enjoying.
1: My kids have done a lot of um, online, like art and reading lessons for people. Your sister in law does an amazing book time, like a story time, on the website where people can get in and she's been reading through The Secret Garden. Um, my, my son reads the, it's either The Wing Feather or the, the Dragons of Fire, Wings of Fire series, one of those. And the author gets on and reads about the books and talks about the books, like talks about how to be an artist, talks about how to be a cartoonist. And my son is super interested in that. And so there's a lot of people that are forthcoming um, with their, their creations, how they created these things that are very iconic and that are pillars in people's, um, their households, like at story time or uh diary, of the wimpy kid books, like they're able to log into a computer and see the author, see the illustrator, talk about it, and then give tutorials in it. And for my son, that's huge. That's something that he's very interested in that I don't particularly have that skill set. So I have to look elsewhere. And a lot of these people are very forthcoming with doing it and are sacrificing their time for the betterment of education for the next generation. Uh, something else that we've done, I bought a Chromecast the other day. And so we, I've been playing the Oculus on the TV. But I've been purposely doing like tours of cities and tours of like you know, wonders of the world. Or there's one that did a tour of Notre Dame Cathedral like before and after the fire. And that kind of like mended both of those together. And so, like, I've put the Chromecast on and sat the kids on the couch and, like, we're going to go to Paris today. And we just walk around Paris, take a little guided tour. And I'm trying to convince my wife to do that, <laughs> to kind of help with that. Uh, that nomadic spirit that she has, but she says that she doesn't think it's going to help. But I think it might. <laughs> but uh, using huh. VR as a way to supplement uh, what we are not able to go and do right now, I think is a, it comes from a place of privilege, yes. Um, but it's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah,
0: I didn't even thought about that. Like if if there were the technology and I don't know maybe there already is where you could do VR hangouts that are that are photographic quality you know like using the camera on your headset to see the people around you or I don't know how that would work but to actually have a virtual space where you you know you just like you were sitting next to somebody and that would be really cool in this time I don't know if the technology is to that
1: point you can not. go to the movies you can do big screen where you have a little avatar and you and your homies can hang out in a the movie theater and watch movies throw popcorn at each other Uh, I've actually gotten into playing Minecraft with some friends of mine from the maker community and the guys at the making geeks podcast. Somebody started their own private Minecraft server. And I have like just disregarded Minecraft as some little kids, eight bit game, not really cared about it. Deacon had it on an iPad. And again, I cared less about it. And then they invited me in and I played around and I was taking people's stuff and I was digging in the earth and got killed by this green phallic looking thing. And, (laughs) it's actually kind of neat like so being able to do that and like hang out with people from all over the world in a virtual space because I mean like we talked about I don't have time to play video games well now I kind of do have time to play video games and so it's making a connection with people you can commiserate with people across the planet and have a little escape from your day to day it is I think what everybody needs right now What about
0: you? Uh, We've done a few things. I went up for lunch, and Jenny said, um, we took a study break a little while ago, and we played ice hockey. I was like, what? (laughs) And so somehow, I don't know how she started doing this, but she dropped a piece of ice. And so in our kitchen, there's like a little walkway that comes in by a a peninsula, and then there's a doorway over here. So there's kind of like two openings to the main kitchen section. And so she put a kid blocking each one of those, and then she Hmm. and another kid were in the middle playing ice hockey, scooting this piece of ice around, (laughs) trying to score through the doorway. And, like, they had a blast. And it was like their little, you know, just break their study time. And so she's been doing a lot of stuff like that, which I think is super cool. Um, We also got our our friend Dave has been talking to us about the tabletop Star Wars game called X-Wing for a while and he's played it and he's wanted to play it with us. And I've mm-hmm. always wanted to, but we've never had the time. When I knew all this was going down, I uh, I ordered it on Amazon finally. And it came in and my oldest son and I have played that. It's a two player game. And I think there's ways to make it like three or maybe four player, but it's, I think, supposed to be a two player game. So we've played it several times now, three times, I guess. And our, we started with basic rules which is really easy to follow and it's a lot of fun cuz you have ships on a table and you're you take turns and you move them along a path and you fly them towards each other and you dogfight. That's that's <laughs> the game. You're shooting each other trying to shoot the other ship down. And then like when you fight, it's like you have you have dice and you roll the dice to see, you know, like different numbers to see how many attacks you get or how many, you know, shields you have and all this type of stuff. But anyway, we started with basic rules, and it was a lot of fun. And so we're adding rules. I've already ordered more ships, so we have, like, cool. more little miniature ships coming in, and the, the table's going to get a little bit bigger, and you can buy, like, asteroids and stuff to put in there, and it's it a lot of fun. It's pretty cool. <laughs> so we're, um, we're going to try to get some of the other kids involved and see if they're interested and have the attention span to play it. But, you know, we're doing that, and we're... Um, We've been watching Lego Masters as a family, which uh, Jenny and I had just watched that after they went to bed most nights. So we started over. They've been watching that and having a blast with it. They love that show. And so now we're talking about doing, like, an in-house Lego Masters challenge. So break the kids up in teams of two and then probably, like, switch teams every day or so. And I'll give them some sort of a little assignment. They go and work together and build something. And then they come back and, you know... Maybe we won't judge them, but we'll just show them off or something like that. But they're totally into that, so
1: that's a fantastic. A lot of
0: fun. Yeah, that show is really motivational for kids. Like, I think a lot of kids see Lego and they they see the the kit that they're getting, and they're like, "Oh, I can make that kit. That's really cool." And maybe if they play with it long enough, they'll realize that they could start to build other stuff that's Mm -hmm. in their brain. But then, like, you watch that show, and it's two people building like a city. Or like a giant moving, you know, Ferris wheel or something from scratch, from nothing. And the kids are just like, I had no idea you could do that. <laughs> like I didn't know it was possible. And I'm like, we have thousands and thousands of bricks in that room. Go nuts. Like, just go explore and come up with something crazy. So one of my sons, who's the more technical one, I think, so far, he has come in several times with uh, Technic Gears. And he'll have like a couple of useless gears turning each other and not really doing anything. But it's like he's connected a bunch of stuff that, you know, is making a chained reaction. And he's like, yeah, look at this thing. It's doing. Uh, yeah, I don't and, like he doesn't know what it's doing. Yeah, it's just like it's doing something. It's turning these things. and He's like working toward an idea. He didn't know what the idea is. But so we've been doing a lot of that. Uh, that's been really good. Playing a lot of board games. They're outside. We've been going on walks down the trails and stuff. Um, we're going to, this weekend, I think, go out to the farm and maybe go camp at the farm because mm-hmm. the weather's supposed to be a little bit better. And so I want to get them outside and do that. But, yeah. So, you know, we're making the most of it, like everybody. But been pretty good. Um, you got anything else you want to talk through today?
1: No, I've got, got work for a while. to do.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. We have new new types of videos. Do you want to talk edit. about it? We figured... Uh, nah, not yet. Okay. Um, actually, no, not yet. Next time. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> it, we decided it, since we're all no. distributed and it's going to be more difficult to work, we should come up with new types of videos to make.
1: New work. So, you know, yeah, new work. Anyway. All right. Well, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me Online. everywhere. You can find me here in the secret office. That is a video on uh, I Like to Make stuff YouTube channel. You can see this dope room <laughs> that I'm in right now. Uh, but you can find me everywhere else at Josh underscore make stuff.
0: And you can find me and all of us at I like to make stuff on all the different social networks and all that. We're st- we're still trying to do like Instagram stories and, you know, kind of let you know what everybody's up to as we're working remotely and all that. So keep an eye out there. Um, everybody listening, watching, I hope you're doing well. And I, I appreciate you spending time with us. And we're going to keep trying to do this weird remote show thing uh, until we can get back together and do it face-to-face. Thanks for hanging out. Keep each other safe. Uh, Check on somebody that you haven't talked to in a little while. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.